you know, a communist had invaded the home and uh, my grandma was hiding in the barn and she saw her family members lined up and killed execution style. So she had to flee to her father's new home for safety. And when her father uh, first opened a door, he, he, he was disappointed because he knew his second wife would be angry. So with her life on the line, she was not important. She was not worth protecting. So she's 93 years old right now. And for the, all this time that I've known her during family lunches and dinners, she sits with her body facing, facing outwardly because subconsciously she feels that she's not a part of the family. And so this, my mom internalizes that. She internalizes my grandma's pain, but she doesn't know it's not her movie. She's in, she doesn't know she's in her mother's movie. And so she fixates on the fear of death. What's up? Thanks for stopping by the show. I'm the host, Sean Dustin. This is your first time listening. Welcome. Uh, if you're returning, welcome back. Good to have you with us today. Uh, first, let's go with uh, The Con. Check it out. New true crime documentary series about the 2008 uh, financial crisis. Uh, everything that the other ones uh like the there's two other ones uh one of them is the big short and i can't remember what the i just read it this morning but i can't remember what the other one was it talked about the uh the 2008 financial crisis but this is beyond all of those um you know everything that they they don't tell you about is in this one uh is in this uh series so check it out uh first episode you can see for free go to um www.thecon.theco thecon uh .tv forward no just go to that yeah just go to that one and, and it'll take you to everywhere that you need to be uh next if you uh like what i'm doing and you want to support the show uh head over to patreon i have um members only content there you can uh you know uh, i've got about 30 35 30 to 35 episodes that i'm currently loading up over there that i need to publish in my in my own podcast but if you want to you know, if you've listened to all my stuff and, and you want to catch some more unedited, uh, and ad free content, go over to the Patreon and subscribe there. Uh, and you can find that. What else we got? Uh, yeah. And if you don't want to do that, you just want to make a one-time donation and, uh, you know, say, Hey, you know, thanks for everything you're doing. Um, you could go to, uh, Venmo or PayPal. Uh, I'll have links to that in the uh, show notes. Also, you know, if you don't have any money and, you know, or you can't afford, afford it. I mean, right now I, I get it, man. Uh, times are tough and they're only going to get tougher here until we, uh, we make a change. But, uh, yeah, you can always just subscribe. You can subscribe to the show, man. Uh, Tell a friend, pass pass the word around. You know, say, hey man, have you have you heard of the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast? And hey, he's doing some good stuff over there. And that's only if you think that's what I'm doing. Um, but uh, you know that would help too. Uh, you know, the more people that that are listening and subscribing, and my numbers start going up, then it starts getting boosted. That's that's how it gets boosted and 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 pushed up further in the charts and then it starts coming up you know it's the first thing that you see when you you know hit your uh app for itunes or spotify uh those would be the first ones that you see are the ones that are, are are ranking and are more popular and so there's a lot of stuff that i'm doing that you know needs to be told you know especially the stuff out of the northern district of texas uh and you know those definitely boost those out, please, man. Uh, 
So yeah, that's another way that you can uh, help support the show, and then also you can go to my merchandise page and a in or my merchandise uh, stuff that I'm selling. Uh, that helps support the show as well. Today's episode, uh, Michael Shue. So this is from about this is this one's from about April, uh, so four months ago. And I actually tried to reach out to Michael uh, in an email, and he hasn't gotten back to me. So I'm just going to publish it without, you know, anything because I got to get through these. Uh, so this was about intergenerational trauma and inter- I, you know what, honestly, when, when you listen to it or I'm having, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the concept and I kind of get it, uh, you know, in one point, in one aspect of it, but you'll, you you can definitely hear um, in one part where I'm just like, I, where I wasn't buying it, like in my, I was trying not to say anything, but in my head, I was like, no, nah, I'm not buying it. And it, I feel like it was coming out, uh, in, in the actual conversation. So, um, but yeah, definitely it was an interesting conversation for sure. Uh, you know, he's an author of a book, uh, and he also, I think has a, has a private practice too. So anyways, it's a good conversation. Definitely interesting. Uh, <laughs> I, I had I had an interesting time listening back to it and listening to myself going, oh my god, crazy. So, anyways, well, enough of me, and uh, let's get to the show. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today, we are talking to Michael Sue. Is that correct? Uh, how you pronounce your last name? Uh, Michael Sue. Michael Sue. And, uh, Michael, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm hanging in there despite all of the, what's going on in our world. Yeah. The uncertainty. Uh, the uncertainty trying to, um, make, uh, the best out of it, make my way. Um, so I don't get uh, impacted by it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really all we can do, right? Uh, you know, you take a, take a negative and I mean, is it really a negative? I, I think it's a positive. I think it's, uh, you know, we're, we're society has, has, well, either, either biology has figured out a way to make us, uh, slow down and take notice of, of yourself, things around you, uh, you know, things you've been putting off, you need to take care of, you know, it's a great time to self-reflect right now. I've been saying that in the last, you know, five or six episodes. You there? Cut. Sorry, it kind of paused a little bit. Yeah, I cut out. There's a, there's a, so there's going to, that may happen a little bit, uh, I'm experiencing some some technical difficulties from uh, my hotspot that I use for Wi-Fi because I don't have cable or internet anywhere where I'm okay. at, and so I'm using a hotspot to do the Zoom. Well, I ran out of juice or uh, uh, data on that. I turn over, I flip it over tomorrow night, and so I'm using my phone, and I just realized that my phone is having sensitivity in the in the connection where you plug it in, or it's getting worn down. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. from the, you know, you plug it into your actual phone. And so sometimes it'll, it'll, uh, the connection will drop and then it'll come back. So no hopefully problem, it's, no it's not too bad. So if, when it does happen, I'll just go like this. And then that way, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not on your end. Got it. Got it. So you responded to one of my, uh, uh, posts for a bottoms life struggles, uh, portion of my show. And you got a, quite a bit here uh, of stuff that uh, you're probably one of the ones that wrote wrote uh, uh, wrote that much. So why don't you go ahead and explain? Uh, you know, I mean, oh, he's like rock bottoms right now, or just in my all well, in my yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So I think uh, before I explain what rock bottom that has been triggered by what's happening now. I want to say my ultimate rock bottom was uh, when my seven-month-old seventh seventh uh, was born, about 10 days before he was born, and he was born in the Czech Republic. 
because that's my wife has um, access to free healthcare there. And up until two months, that's when we stayed there and we went back to the U.S. But during those two months, I had horrific insomnia. I would uh, sleep for three or four hours a day and then have to wake up to change a diaper or to uh, go to the restroom. And immediately I feared I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. And that was almost always the case. And I, I was, my worst fear was, man, this keeps on happening. I'm going to die. And that may not sound realistic or, um, but from the place of anxiety, it's always thinking about our worst fear. And us, and when I came home, my parents had picked us up from the airport and we had dinner that very same night and we shared stories on how me and my wife raised our newborn and how um, my parents raised me as a newborn. And I found out for the first time ever that my parents never took care of me. I mean, not my parents, I'm sorry, that my mother never took care of me throughout the night because she was scared if I were to wake her up, uh, she wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. And she's extremely, extremely fearful of death. Um, but she fixates on health and safety to avoid that. So, I mean, what basically as a child, I in, I in turn felt and internalized her pain and trauma and repeated the same pain and trauma 39 years later when I had my own newborn. And that helped me sleep a lot better knowing that I was repeating that because I'm a highly sensitive and highly empathic person. But the thing is like, for example, my mom is, she lives in a really nice neighborhood. Her windows are all barred up. She has a security uh, system and um, she has a surveillance system and she has her door is, has a door lock, chain lock. And she has, um, she puts a, a chair against the door handle just in case somebody bad comes in. So she's extremely fearful of death, but this is all rooted. Why does she fear death so much? It's because it's rooted in intergenerational phenomenon and pain of abandonment. So what I talk about, like the reason why we suffer through anxiety, anger, depression, these are all coping mechanisms to help us avoid feeling some type of negative feeling. Anxiety is how we run away from our pain. uh, Anger is how we protect our pain and depression is how we numb our pain. The reason why we do all these uh, coping mechanisms because we can't fix our pain. Why can't we fix this pain? Because it doesn't belong to us. That's why I say, whose movie are you in? This is called intergenerational trauma healing. People think trauma is like sexual abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, but trauma expands a wide spectrum. And especially if you're highly sensitive and highly empathic, you can easily zap yourself into somebody else's movie thinking into your own. And in that scenario, no matter what you do, nothing ever changes because it, it's not yours. And so let me, I'm trying to understand where you're coming from. So you're, what you're saying is, is that it, it transferred. Now, now does that transfer, uh, through genetics or DNA because partly partly through DNA through the expression of your DNA it's not like you're set in stone but it's the expression of your DNA but also if you're highly sensitive and highly empathic it can really really carry through but so, so it does pass through genetically um, so then there's this book called it didn't start with you and uh, there's a very important uh, research or study done and they took a group of male mice and they would expose them to a cherry scent. Every time they did so, they would give them electric shock. And they did so many times that once they exposed the cherry scent, the male mice would panic without the electric shock. Now they took uh, the sperm from this male mice, impregnated female mice that never had any exposure to the female mice, um, to the male mice. And when the female mice had their offspring, the offspring, when they were exposed to the cherry scent, they panicked without the electric shock. Also, when the offspring had their own offspring, this is a third generation. When they were exposed to the cherry scent, they also panicked. Okay. So like my mom's fear of death is rooted in an intergenerational pain of abandonment. My grandma, when she was five years old, uh, her, her father was a high ranking general in China and he. Well, I lost you. Where'd you go?
And this isn't on my end. All right, well, we had, we, Yeah, sorry about that, man. No problem, no problem. Are we still recording? Yeah, it's still recording. All right. So uh-huh. you you where you had left off was we were talking about uh, your mother and the general. Uh, your grandfather was a general in the uh, in the Chinese army. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my 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 grandma's father was the high ranking general. And he wanted a wife that was prettier and better uh, and smarter. So he divorced my grandma's mother. And my grandma's mother ended up living a life of extreme poverty and severed from her first child and very sad and depressed because of it. So that's the first experience of abandonment. The second experience is when my grandmother, so like my grandma's father remarried and the stepmother did not want my grandmother part of family because she didn't want to be known as the stepmother or the second wife. So she, my grandmother was raised by her grandparents, but this is World War II, a lot of death, violence, and murder. And so, you know, communists had invaded the home and uh, my grandma was hiding in the barn and she saw her family members lined up and killed execution style. So she had to flee to her father's new home for safety and when her father uh, first opened a door he, he he was disappointed because he knew his second wife would be angry so with her life on the line she was not important she was not worth protecting so she's 93 years old right now and for the all this time that I've known her during family lunches and dinners she sits with her body facing facing outwardly because subconsciously she feels that she's not a part of the family. And so this, my mom internalizes that. She internalizes my grandma's pain, but she doesn't know it's not her movie. She's in, she doesn't know she's in her mother's movie. And so she fixates on the fear of death because if you die, you cease to exist. And that is the experience of the abandonment. So like, um, yeah. Any questions or thoughts or feelings about them? Yeah. Um, so would that be sort of considered like, you know, how, how animals, how they just instinctually know what to do? Uh, you know what I mean? They know where to go, what to do. You know, they know to go to the South. They know to go. And that's all like ingrained in, in their DNA and their genetics. It's, it, it's set up that way. So what you're saying is, is that our experiences, and I, I think I, I, I think I can kind of agree with you there. That our experiences that we have, all of our, you know, before we have a child, um, everything that has come before us, even if, I mean, I, I don't even, I, I don't know if sexual abuse or any of that would even carry over into that. Um, but what I do know, is, and, and this is from having my own kid, is that my, my daughter has the same characteristics and does some of the same things that I do. And I've never even, I know she'd never even seen me do it before. And I noticed that she, she's doing some of the same things. Like, like I'll twirl my hair when I'm thinking and like, I'd never done that in front of her. And I, I saw her doing that, uh, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm like, God, where'd you, I said, well, it must be, it must be transferring from our, from our DNA or our, our, our genetic memory or, Especially if you're highly sensitive and highly empathic. And how do you know that is if other people around you are anxious, angry, sad, or depressed, are you able to feel it, sense it, or pick up on it? Mm-hmm. If that's the case, you're the category in the category of the one out of five 
of highly sensitive and highly empathic, and you can subconsciously zap yourself into other people's movies as your own, especially your past family members. And I'll give you an example. So I was coaching somebody on my podcast and YouTube channel, and it's called The Trauma of a Family Murderer. But then that's not what was discussed initially. What was discussed initially is that she had a steady job. She converts into a, as a entrepreneur and she feels extremely lost. She worries that she's going to fail because as an entrepreneur, nothing is set in stone. You have to create your own way. And that's the main issue. Underneath the fear of failure is that she's not in control. She has to create her own way. Nothing is set in stone. And so like her daughter, she has enough clothes for her daughter to wear a different outfit for three weeks in a row. And her daughter will wear one outfit Monday and wear the same exact, same exact outfit Wednesday and I'll drive. Her mother will lose it. If her mother, her mother's single mother and she has a boyfriend who, and if he's not listening intently, she will also lose it because she's not in control. And where does this fear of powerlessness really come from? What's this pain of powerlessness really come from? Well, her name is Tia when she was one years old. Her mother's sister was murdered. By her husband, who was a serial killer. So that's the trauma of the family murder because the, the whole family was blindsided that their loved one would be killed by her own husband and he was a serial killer. He did this many times before. So when she's angry about like, oh, you know, her, her daughter wearing the same clothes, she's not in control. The small thing like that is triggering that past family trauma of powerlessness. Also, when that she wants to be a successful entrepreneur. She's not in control. You have to create your own way. And what's really stopping her is not the fear of failure. It's because she feels powerless. She has, she's not in complete, total control. And so she's in the movie of her past family members. And that's, that's, that's the pain because there's nothing you can do if you absorb other people's pain as your own. So if you have a, uh, a trauma that you suffer, you know, whether, it's me or, or, you know, you, you have this trauma that, or this event in your life that's uh, traumatic and it basically your, your genetic memory uh, bookmarks that. In, 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 part, part, part of it, but I really want to emphasize that this is heavily absorbed. If you have the gift of high sensitivity and high empathy, you, you, it doesn't mean your genetics are set in stone. In the book, they talk about the expression of your DNA is not your DNA actually changes. It's just the expression of it. You can totally undo this once you know whose movie are you in and you get out of it. It doesn't mean because people are who are highly sensitive and highly empathic, they misuse their gift as an emotional sponge. So they will z- infuse and zap themselves into somebody else's movie as their own. And when you're doing that, nothing you ever do ever changes. Your pain is a hologram. You need to, you need to use your gift consciously and correctly and watch the movie and you have that healthy separation, but it doesn't mean you misuse it and you as an emotional sponge and put yourself into somebody else's movie as your own. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I had just talked to somebody and I believe it was in 30 when I, uh, episode 30, when I was talking to those, uh, to the three inmates that are currently, uh, in jail or in prison and I uh, interviewed them on a contraband cell phone that they weren't supposed to, that they're not supposed to have in there. Wow. And I was talking to one of the guys, I believe it was, uh, uh, either Sal or noodles. And, and he was saying that, you know, you have to be careful cause we were comparing, we were telling, you know, our stories because I was, I've been to prison too. And, uh, it, he was saying that you have to be careful sometimes when you're talking to people in there because you will, you will take on their story. Um, you know, you're, you're, as you get closer to these people and you're, you're talking to them and you're, you're exchanging stories and ideas and stuff like that. So you gotta be really careful because their hate turns into your hate. You know what I mean? Their anger can turn into your anger. So their story whether you know how you're listening to it can also become your story in the way that you respond to let's say let's say you're telling they're telling a story about a, a black person and they got jumped all right they got jumped by a black person and they're explaining the story and, and this could be any race i'm, I'm just the black person just came to the first thing that came to my mind um and so now you know he's ex- expressing how he's his dis 
his dislike for for that race in particular because of what he had experienced and then now this person has taken on that that uh that t that shirt you know what i mean of of how that person feels about that race and now he identifies and takes on his story even though he's never experienced anything like that now all of a sudden you know this you you identify or you assume that that story and that attitude and the negativity towards that particular uh race or culture or whatever it is yeah yeah i mean i had i was coaching somebody else on the podcast and he's a massage therapist and he uh he the client you know was really stressed really angry but he didn't really know at that time consciously but after the massage session was done he did, he was just fuming he didn't know why like why am i so angry just short fuse and he was like oh it's it was that my his clients uh feelings and it's this happens a lot in relationships you know but most importantly the the mo- the movie that we're often living in the most is our past family members so you go to the root of the root of intergenerational trauma like when you talked about inmates i i i coach somebody um, she's not an enemy, obviously, but her, her past family members were in a lot of gang violence. But when she first came on the show, uh, she talked about she had social anxiety. She's a single mother. She didn't want to go on dating. Uh, she's like, she didn't want to go on dating apps because like she's fearful, like they're not presenting themselves as who they really are. And she, that's why she doesn't like social media a lot. People are presenting themselves and they only present the good part of themselves. And she also has social anxiety with like uh, presenting uh, her podcast or whatever because she feels like what if it's not uh, accepted or received? And see the root of this social anxiety and this fear of of this this disdain of people presenting themselves as not who as not who they really are is actually digging deep is her father's side who who passed away when she was eight. But his his brothers and sisters. So, one his uncle, uh, her uncle, her father's brother was a leader of a gang, and uh, her uncle's friend. They were in the house, took him out of the house, and shot and killed him because this is rival gangs. So, so that's why he was killed. So, he was he's supposed to trust his friend, and his own friend killed him, and also her aunt. Uh, she was doing drugs with friends at their house. And uh, she overdosed, and her friends left her for uh, for her, uh, her there to die. So again, her friends abandoned her. So when she talks about the social anxiety and people presenting themselves as not who they really are, it comes from this past family trauma, this intergenerational trauma, and she's living it out as her own. Okay, so you don't you don't necessarily need to have because I understand the blood semen uh connection there you know what i mean the dna transfer genetic transfer but this is a completely different family member who you don't have any i mean you may you share genetics and and dna but you don't share uh first first how would you say that you don't like share a father mother yeah yeah. it could be it could be uncle it could be aunt. it's a very like it could be a grandparent a great grandparent but we just you just you're losing, you're losing me with that one. You're, you're, you're losing me with that one because I don't, I can see the connection and I'm, look, I'm, I have no, I'm, I'm no expert in anything other than, you know, myself and, and what I've been through. Um, and things that I've, I've, you know, read about, listened to, heard about, talked to people about. Uh, but I, I'm, you're losing me there because I, I get the, the connection with the, with the transfer of DNA and, and, and genetics, uh, to offspring. But somebody that you don't have any connection like to, I don't, I don't, I'm not. It's still, that. it's still DNA because within the same family. But I want you, so because I do this process to help people get to the root of everything called the emotional strength FIST process. Now F stands for feeling because we're normally thinking, thinking, and overthinking. Thoughts and actions are important, but they must be balanced with the act of feeling. Thoughts and actions are the ship that help us get to our destination, but feeling is our captain. So, because I, when we, when we associate everything with DNA, because I hear it's like a lot of like, it's like our mental way of understanding something, but we must balance it with feeling. 
And I tell people, feeling is healing. We don't want to feel because we associate feeling with feeling pain. But feeling is healing because it connects us to love. So even if we feel that pain, which is really just an emotional wound, we're giving it the medicine love in order to heal. So like I tell people how to reframe. There's a mantra I tell people to center themselves. Problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. And this is about the thinking mind. The thinking mind says it is a certain problem causing us a certain negative emotion, negative feeling. And so it says, fix the problem and you'll fix the feeling. But the feeling preceded the problem. So even if we fix the problem, the core issue, the core negative feeling still exists. It's going to say something negative about us, but it's not true. They're just weeds. We just need to identify it, uncover it, and pull it out so it doesn't overtake our yard and control how we feel and think on a subconscious level. So this is about, we must... Understand things from a thought perspective and a feeling perspective. They're a yin and yang. So it's not just because the thought perspective is like it's DNA, DNA, but it's also the feeling. It's, this is about high sensitivity and high empathy. We can absorb it from our past family members. It doesn't have to be direct. It could be uncle and aunt. It could be so way back, a grandparent. Um, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm think, I'm. I'm just thinking about what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. So, what's what's the name of your podcast and and uh, and your YouTube channel? Heal from the ground up. Heal this from is the, the same same name of my practice. So that's my website. Heal from the ground up. So it's about going to the root of it all, the core of the core. And after you do that, you begin to create your own movie. So then, when I say F I S T, feel, identify these weeds, these core negative feelings, separate because it's not your movie. Whose movie are you in? Once you identify that, then tease the true self. So you begin, instead of living somebody else's movie, you begin creating and directing your own movie. And what is the purpose of that movie? What is the purpose of any movie? To be consumed by others, to heat, to help, and to transform others. So, when so do most of the people that you work with because it sounds like that this affects uh empaths and and highly sensitive people more than the the other population it affects them more so but i feel like we all are born with some level of sensitivity so it does not evade us it does affect us all but it affects empathic and highly sensitive people that much more so there's a lot of, I mean, not only, you know, do we have to deal with our, you know, and, you know, our parents, you know, how they raised us, you know, and there's just, it seems like there's just all kinds of, of things that, that go into being a person and trying to figure out or unravel, uh, the unhealthy things that have been put into our, you know, our, our genetics, our DNA, our, our psyche, our, you know, what, I don't even know what to say, but I mean, do you, do you, are you, do you understand where, where I'm coming from? I mean, being a person is, is as difficult as it is, right? Let's just say that you weren't in a bad situation where you're impoverished or, or, you know, you got a, a card that you drew and you're in a third world country and, you know, or a war torn country still. I mean, these are all, you know, things that are, that are placed on, it's just like luck of the draw as, as to where, where you end up in the world once you're born. All right. Now, I mean, you've got all these other, these variables that, that you're talking about that come into play, uh, as you're, you're growing and, and trying to figure out why you have, you know, debilitating, uh, factors or anxiety or, you know, all these other things that, that pop up, um, as you're trying to live your life. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like a lot of, you know, being human living life is, is difficult. We have all these things that happen to us. And then this is other element that I want to talk about is intergenerational trauma healing. Not saying this is the everything, but I feel like it can be the underbelly to all the triggers that are happening in our lives currently. So, I mean, I coach a lot of people who are emotionally affected by, you know, what's happening with coronavirus. 
but even like I don't want to pigeonhole this. I'm not, I'm not minimizing it. But when there is anxiety, anger, or depression being triggered by what's happening, then it's triggering an underlying feeling, a weed that was there before whatever is happening uh, ever happened. So like with coronavirus, it affects so many people emotionally because this is one common thing. It's a f- fear of death. Because if you die, you cease to exist. Or also for me personally, my wife, uh, before, two weeks before I buy a house, she didn't tell me. She put all her savings into stocks. And then the coronavirus peaked. Half our savings was lost. And it triggered a lot of things. I need to honor my voice in the relationship, number one. Number two, I attach my self-worth to money, performance, and productivity. I want to create so much like I have a dream and a vision and a message to share but especially now losing the money I'm just trying to like think about money 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 but I'm attaching my self-worth to it and that's that when I say directing and creating the movie then the audience of my movie is not for other people it's for myself because I feel uh, I have insecurities Uh, I need validation the audience of my movie is then will never take off because it's for myself I want to feel better about myself the purpose of my movie is to help and to transform others. That's why I got to let go. This, what's happening right now taught me to let, begin to let go of attaching my self-worth to money, productivity, and performance. And to really honor my true self, my message, and to make it about helping others and be free. Because, you know, a part of myself is my goofy self. Because my book uh, is called You Are the Fucking Shit. Heal your anxiety, anger, depression from the ground up, you know? And so that's a when I honor my goofy self and I don't really do that because my father is so serious. It's like a Chinese emperor. And he's he, I don't ever make jokes around him because he's just, you don't even say hi to him because he's just so serious with work. He's a loving guy. So I have learned to, that, that, that I say S-A-M, shit ain't mine. That stuff, like his energy, that's not mine. I don't need to take it on. I just need to live out my true self and that is my greatest gift to others. Well, that, that discipline that, uh, that, that you're, I'm picking up on that you're talking about. I mean, that's just part of the culture, isn't it? I mean, the, the Asian culture, uh, is, is very disciplined in, in everything that they do. And that's why, yeah. that's yeah. why, I mean, you know, it's, it's becoming to the point where it's almost, isn't it, isn't it, uh, considered uh hate speech now if you refer to um like an asian as being a smart person or uh or when you try to like generalize or cat or or, or put them in a put them in a, a a group of i mean for sure for sure that phenomenon is much higher in the asian population yeah but um I was I was listening I can, to something. I can I can feel it much more within my family, the dynamics of it, because my father is like seventy three years old. He three years ago he had stage one cancer. He's okay now, but two months after his surgery, he was working full time. You know, he works all the time. He's working full time. Like when can I have a? He has a grandchild. When does he actually spend time with his grandchild? You know, his father. He, I actually, I, I found out this, this out recently. His father would work at, he was a doctor. He worked at the hospital, comes back home. He has a clinic in his home. So he's working again. He's like, he would only take us out two times out of the year to some like field trip. But other than that, he's always working. So it's like this workaholic, like it's like part of me is like, it's like attaching self worth to productivity, performance, uh, and, and money. And I've learned to like, Doing that actually inhibits me from making money to having abundance and living the life I really want because I will have more money than ever if I just focus on my dream and sharing my message. But if I focus on the money, I'll have very little money because I lose sight of what I'm giving to others. My movie's audience is only me for my own validation. It's not about helping helping others and transforming others. I get what you're saying. I, I, I get it. Uh, and I think that ties a little bit into what I was talking. I've talked to a few people, uh, especially coaches right now. And a lot of them are offering their services um, or portions of their service for free. 
you know, they're just, they're having, you know, zoom. Uh, I'll give one, uh, one example, Amy Barsky. She was, uh, in one of my episodes, uh, in the past, I, I don't, can't remember which one it was, but, or the number of it, but you know, she's, she's doing that. She's offering, and I've, I went to one of them, uh, one of her breathing, uh, uh, coaching sessions where she's, you know, teaching you how to, how to breathe mindfully and, and, you know, just kind of like to settle down and, uh, ease anxiety. She's, uh, she has a free thing that she's putting on for yoga classes. Uh, I got another guy that's doing the same thing. So almost every one of these coaches that I've been talking to are offering some sort of, uh, uh, thing of, in relief to try to help out and, and, and pitch in the best that they can right now during these times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's going to, and I mean, I mean, if you look at the flip side of that, you know, that's going to one, introduce people to them. And what they're doing, their, their generosity is going to be felt because if somebody is in need and you help them out of a situation and, you know, you're not asking for a handout, the reverse of that is actually going to be your benefit because you're going to end up making a client. You may not, and that may not be the point of it, but that will be the, the, at the, the byproduct of it. Yeah. Yeah. More than uh, likely. And normally clients see uh, professionals or mental health professionals when they've hit their rock bottom, when they're not in a good space. So as I, I was trying, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm, uh, I'm going to create a community to, for, to bring together people so they can heal the root of their anxiety, anger, depression, and to learn um, this phenomenon of intergenerational trauma of knowing who's moved in so they can direct their own movie. But the thing is, like, I was feeling down originally because, like, it's hard to get in clients. And and my wife reminded me that this is a better time more than ever because people's emotional wounds are coming to the surface. Like, what's happening, not minimizing that, but is triggering some emotional wound that's coming to surface so we can heal it. So this is actually a great time to to heal the stuff that, that has been buried. All that stuff I've been telling you about, you know, the finances and stuff, it's been triggered by what's happening. And then I've been able to separate from that. But it was there way, way before. And now I have the opportunity to work through it. I think we're all, we're all having an opportunity to work through whatever it is that we've been putting off or, or actually, you know, maybe even taking a look at, you know, things that we, may not even know about ourselves, but through listening to podcasts, through listening to, uh, you know, other, other things that are out there, hopefully people are starting to, to reflect in a way that, that they're going to make better changes for themselves when we get out of this. It's almost like we're in a, we're, we're in a chrysalis period, you know, everybody's Mm -hmm. gone inside. Uh, you know, we're, we're making a cocoon We're we're, you know, trying to figure out what, you know, what's happening with us. What, you know, what can we change? What can we do better? What can we, you know, and when we come out of this, we're going to be beautiful butterflies and just flying, flying, Did flying. you get this? I mean, I don't know. Cause you have about to say this very similar metaphor. I heard it from Robert Kiyosaki from rich dad, poor dad. Uh-huh. Cause he just said, cause he said, he said, you are the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus is your cocoon. Now it's time to transform into the butterfly. So like what you said right there was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't get it from him. It just, I mean, it, it's common to me. It just seems like it's common sense. You know, everybody's being brought inside and I mean, there's never, I don't know if there's ever been a time in, in our history that we've been put in a situation where we can't leave our house. You know, not in my lifetime. I mean, I don't know, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. in our parents, but I mean, we're being forced to have to figure out what to do. I mean, and I, I brought this point up. I mean, if you're in a, if you're in a marriage that's on the rocks, now you're being forced to deal with this problem. You know what I mean? And you're either going to get, you're going to work through it or, or you're going to, when you get out of this, it's going to be over. But no matter what, I mean, if anybody, if you've ever been on in a relationship in a, a divorce or, a, or, a, you know, a breakup, a lot good comes from that. I mean, because not all, not all relationships are meant to be forever, you know, 
not not everybody you know is 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 meant to be i mean there's there's people that bring out the worst in you you know i've i've been with some of them and i've brought out the worst in other people and you know sometimes you just you just don't belong with people and i and hopefully everybody's you know figuring out their truth for themselves in this period and when they get out of this they'll they'll have a a game plan and a and a target as to where you know what direction they want to go you know once we all you know get out of our homes got it got it i mean i see it as a detox yeah yeah that's a good way so like me me and you know my wife like she wants to she we live in addition of my parents house and because we weren't didn't have that money uh we she couldn't really move out and it triggered all this stuff and and it triggered a lot of stuff for me. Like we, we like a few days ago, three days ago, we had a three-hour session with the person that we normally see. Because this, and it's like the we were at each other's throats. We talked about the word divorce. Like this, it got really, really bad. But now it's a good place. But I'll tell you how bad it was. It was. She's like, well, if she, we we had agreed we're gonna move out. We're gonna move to Czech Republic June thirtieth, and then something happened. Something about family, like my grandma wanted to hold our child and um, so it triggered something. And then like it went in a huge spiral and she said, you know, I want to move out June 1st, blah, blah, blah. And okay, I, w- I want to move out next week. That's what she said. Next week to Central California. And if you don't, I'm going to go by myself. And I was like, and my friend's like, that's not legal. And then so I even called the police, <laughs> you know, like, can, is that legal? And like, oh, well, it's nothing we can do about it. You have to call a lawyer. And that's the depth. Like, like that's how crazy it was. And, but we we're loving to each other. We were able to communicate all the stuff that we were bothered about in this session. It all came out. We were able to come to terms, but it keeps happening, right? Another struggle, come, another hurdle comes up. We keep coming back together and, this is stuff that has we need to work through, and just the, what's happening just brought it up to the surface. It's a detoxification system. It's a detox. We're able to get it in our system, and we're able to come together um, more lovingly. But I ain't I ain't gonna deny it's hell. It felt like hell. This is a huge struggle. I'm not saying this is all flowers and stuff. It is hell. Like what I said, that was a hell, you know. And I'm still feeling the after effects, but we are in a much better place um, now. That's good. I mean, it just takes work. You know, relationships aren't, they're not easy. If they were, everybody would be together forever and, and it'd be roses and, 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 and unicorns. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we don't, that's not the world we live in. We live in a world that our attention has been grabbed from all directions. There's, there's podcasts, there's, there's dating apps, there's, there's all these things that are out there around us that are, that are vying for our attention. And we, you know, that, and that's recent. That's within the last, 10 to 15 years, you know, and, and, and the addition of the smartphone, which now you have all of this available at your hands, you know what I mean? Right. It's another form of, another form of addiction. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all all there, you know, and and it's just a matter of, I don't think that society was ready for how fast the, the technology is moving. You know, honestly, I don't. There's some good things about it. Can you give me an example? Well, so like this, all right? This is great, all right? This is the only way that this is, 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 if we didn't have this, all right? No, you know what? I, I, that's a good question. Let's, uh, let's expand on that for a second. Well, we're running out of time. Uh, I gotta start wrapping this up because I got another one at two, but, what do I mean by that? Um, like just our whole system of society, right? It's all, it's all kind of outdated how we do things, how our government operates, how, uh, how things are, are done. Um, everything is kind of changing. We're, we're, we're in a, we're in a, the way that we would apply things, uh, in the past, don't really apply now because there's other ways of, you know, technology has taken a lot of the, a lot of the guesswork and, and stuff out of things, you know, it made, it's made things easier for us. Yes. But 
we're still stuck in that mindset of of the old manual way. You know what I mean? Because not a lot of there's a, there's some of us maybe that don't even understand like the baby boomers gen, absolutely don't know technology. They don't know. Uh, they're still stuck in this old way. You know? Does that does that make sense? Or am I, I just, mean, technology like, has is has has is good and has is bad. Like it's good. Like our body is made perfectly, and it it coincides with Earth. Like. You, if you want to be healthy, you got to eat your nutrients. There's no way around it. You can try to manipulate the system and give a a medication to lower your blood pressure, but if you don't know why you have high blood pressure, you're just treating the symptom and not the cause. And technology is good. Like this, this is the main that we're able to communicate. Um, but it also it is a form of Addiction. I have clients who are, you know, alcoholics, but they're easy, just as addicted to their smartphones, which is what we're all addicted to. And we do that to avoid feeling, to avoid some type of emotional pain and feeling is healing. So we, it's just, we're so in used to like when something doesn't go the right way, like when my relationship goes sour, I like to watch a bunch of movies on Amazon Prime. I eat a bag of chips. I just want to avoid and numb. <laughs> yeah. But that's just an escape. Yeah. But if I escape, if I avoid a feeling, it's an emotional wound. And what happens to a wound that we avoid? It only grows. We have to know what it is. We have to feel it. Feeling is healing. We net, And then we are, we're then able to separate from it. Yeah. Now that's a good way to, that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I wasn't, you stumped me on that. And maybe, maybe, what I was saying is, I mean, I know I, I know I have a, I know I have an explanation for it, but I think a little bit of what I was saying is just, just something that I'm regurgitating from what I hear, I hear. And that makes sense to me. And, you know, sometimes you do that. We'll, we'll listen to what somebody else says and then we'll start regurgitating it as, as our own because we identify with it or we agree with it, you know? And I do, I, I do, I do think that it, you know, we are it just everything needs to catch up. You know what I mean? We need to figure out how to harness technology just like this and how do we use it for a benefit. And then, you know, like with social media, there's a lot of bad aspects of social media and how people use it. It's, it can be traumatizing at times and it is traumatizing at times. You think about uh, social media and children, um, 12 year old and 13 year old girls, uh, that are going through changes and bullying and all of that stuff that happens. And you have kids that are trying to commit suicide because of being thing. glued to the, to yeah. a tablet or yeah. to a phone. Like when you go to restaurants, you just see like these kids completely glued to their devices and then they're having a family called having quality time, but their child is not present. No, no, they're not. And that's the parents fault. That's the parents fault for not wanting to not, well, one set, boundaries and two they don't want to be bothered with it it's easier just to hand off the uh you know hand off the the tablet and throw peppa pig on there and uh you know the reason why i say peppa pig is because i'm guilty of that myself my daughter has a a kindle she's three years old and it's almost impossible to get her ass off of that damn thing once she's on it and when you said the kindle yeah, the Kindle. Her, she has a little Kindle that she watches her uh, apps on, like uh, Peppa Pig or whatever games that we put on there, like yeah, yeah. like learning games. But I mean, it's it's like you try to take her away from her, get her to pay attention to something, and then it's like immediate meltdown. You know, so it's there. That's something that we got to work on. You know, not not using that as a crutch uh, for our parenting. You know. We know yeah. that that's gonna that's gonna make her be quiet and do what we want her to do. So she's figured out a way to manipulate us, or we've allowed allowed this to to transpire. So I mean, it's something that we, mean, not just her, just any of us as we use social media. Sometimes yeah. I just watch hours of YouTube videos and just scroll, scroll Facebook, random stuff because I'm just trying to avoid feeling. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, but feeling is healing. You identify whatever feelings you're going through. There's actually a process I use called P-E-W-F, poof process. What's the problem? What's the emotion? Stretch it all the way to your worst fear, worst case scenario. So like, for example, I said I had those sleep issues. Worst fear is I die. Now, what's how does that, if my worst fear came true, how would that make me feel about who I am? There's three common feelings. F-W-P, failure, worthless, and powerless. 
So if I were to die, I'd be worthless. But that's just my, you know, my mother's feeling, my grandma's feeling of this feeling of being abandoned. So that's me living in their movie. But you need to identify our feelings because if we avoid a feeling, then we are saying that it's true. We only avoid that something that's real. That feeling could be saying that you're a failure, you're worthless, you're powerless. And you wouldn't run from a bear unless it was real. So if we're, when these feelings come up, do we avoid them? Do we run by looking, constantly thinking, constantly doing, being on a smartphone? Because if we do, then we are saying we are worthless, that we are a failure, that we are powerless. We need to cut the head off the snake, identify the feeling, face it. And that way it doesn't, be, it doesn't consume us. It begins to lose power over us. All right. Well, I think that's a good, good point to end on. And, uh, I want to thank you for, uh, sharing with the listeners your, your perspective and your point of view. It's definitely one I, I had never thought about. I first, I mean, it, not in this, not in the way that you're presenting it. So yeah. thank you. And then what I will do is, uh, shoot me an email of everything that you're going to want to have on your show on the appear about you and your book and everything else and places that you want my listeners to be able to go to, to find you in the show notes and go ahead and uh, give a shout out right now to whatever it is that you want to plug. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at, you know, heal from the ground up.com. Check out my podcast, heal from the ground up and my YouTube channel, heal from the ground up or Instagram. All of these things I'm, I, I feature coaching sessions. I actually coach people through the process from A to Z, go to the core of the core. And I love uh, memes. I actually have this sign. Um, I make signs. I write on it. And yesterday I posted something uh, with my seventh month old. I put uh, my underwear on my head. And I put my mom's bra on his, his head. <laughs> and my sign said, uh, success is impossible without play. Right on. Yeah. All right, Michael. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, if it, all, everywhere to find Michael is going to be in the show notes. So uh, make sure you make your way there. And uh, good luck to you in this situation that we're in. I hope that, uh, you know, the best of luck to you, brother. Brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank all right. you. Bye. All right. Bye.